Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. So that was the news from the bye week, especially out of the press conference that James Franklin held. And then we got into this weekend, obviously Penn State and their opponent this weekend, Illinois, both had buys. So it was just kind of sitting back and seeing what kind of turmoil would go down in college football. Um, Iowa. Oh, pay dirt! Pay dirt! Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Pater Podcast. I'm Tom Hannafin. He is Matt McGloin. I hope you all enjoyed the Penn State bye week as much as you could. It was certainly eventful, considering that the Nittany Lions did not play a football game. They remain at 5-1, and one, and they remain at number 7 in the AP poll. We're going to address the updated rankings here in a moment. We're going to give you a full preview of the next game for the Nittany Lions, which is at home against Illinois this Saturday, October 23rd. Very excited about that. As I mentioned, we're going to talk about what happened last week because for a bye week, there was a lot going on. There was the war of words between Iowa head coach Kirk Ferentz and Penn State head coach James Franklin. Obviously, the injury updates to people like quarterback Sean Clifford and P.J. Mustafer as well, plus a litany of others that came out of the bye week. And speaking of Iowa, we're going to touch on what happened to Iowa just this past Saturday at home against Purdue. Very excited to talk about that. But we are back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season with a new and updated site and interface, even more odds props and contests bet online continues to be the number one source for everything football head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit don't forget to use our promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v to receive your bonus from football basketball boxing right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports the pater podcast is presented by bet online where the game starts so matt before we get into illinois and the updated rankings i want to kind of backpedal a little bit to the press conference uh, during the bye week with james franklin so let's start off with the injury news the big killer was losing pj mustafer mm-hmm. for the season uh, we'll touch on Sean Clifford's injury status in a moment, but I do want to start with PJ, uh, get to Sean, and then obviously James Franklin's very pointed comments to Kirk Ferentz. But let's start off the effect losing PJ Mustafer. What do you think? Well, we talked about Mustafer on this podcast every single week, I feel like, and, and the impact he has in a game, what he means to this defense, and specifically that defensive line, the ability to clog up the middle in the run game and force running backs to uh, to change direction. He was playing at an all-Big Ten level, so you certainly feel bad for him. But somebody else has to step up now. We talked a little bit about Derek Tangelo last week and the way he played. He certainly needs to step up. But, Tom, after that, there's a lot of unknown. 
and let's be honest here for a second, for as good as they've been defensively, they've been bad at getting to the quarterback. And now with Mustafer gone, it's going to be that much more difficult to do so because your biggest internal threat is now injured. More pressure gets put on Ebiketti, Lucetta, Tarburton, you know, to cut to create that pressure on the quarterback from the outside. And for argument's sake, Tom, let's let's put Lucetta in the ca- the linebacker category for a second. You take out Ebiketti and now Mustafer, no one else has really done anything. So where they're at in the season right now, this is a tough position to be in. Somebody has to step up. They need to figure it out. And now they have had a bye week. And now they have this full week to really figure out what that rotation should be heading into this Illinois game. And that's been the benefit. You and I talked about this coming out of the Iowa game, not only the opportunity to mentally rebound, but physically rebound for uh, a lot of different guys who had suffered injuries, legitimate injuries, by the way, against Iowa. I see you all, you Hawkeye fans. Granted, Hawkeye fans look tame compared to Tennessee Volunteer fans after Mm. what happened on Saturday. Goodness gracious. But yeah, like, okay, it's the same conversation you and I were having in August when camp was going on. Mm-hmm. Who, who are these guys going to be? And you look at Ellie's and you look at Izzard. Tarburton's going to get an extended look. Do you think Derek Tangelo is going to be able to slide into the role that Mustafer was filling for this defense and perform similarly? I think at times last week, he showed up, right? right? He showed up in the game. He showed up on tape a little bit. But to be able to replace a guy like Mustafer in just two weeks time. It's not possible. It's not fair. Like you can't ask a kid to do what PJ Mustafer has done for you sure. so far this season. And it's, it's like replacing a Micah Parsons or, or somebody like that. It, it, it can't be done. You need a collection of guys to step up and fill that void that has been left by PJ Mustafer now. But you know, you, you have to think, you know, Franklin and company, you hope, they're relaying that message, right? Everybody needs to step up. Now, we lost one of our best players. We have to pick up for the lack of production. Penn State, uh, statistically on the season, amongst all uh, FPS teams, ranked 28th in total defense, 17th in offensive yards allowed, 7th in yards allowed per play, 28th in rushing defense, and 39th in passing yards allowed. So it's funny because this does seem like one of the best Penn State defenses ever. Statistically, it's difficult to look at those things because you're like, oh, shouldn't those be top 10, top five, considering the way the team plays? Those get skewed a little bit when you're looking at you know the totality of the nation just sure. because you've got non-Power 5 teams that are playing lesser competition and hanging you know really, really good numbers on the board against inferior competition. So those things happen, but... You do have some concerns for especially a, a rushing defense that already was suspect at this point, and Mustafer was at the center of that. So that's what's going on with PJ Mustafer. We wish him the absolute best in his recovery. And, uh, you know, he's a leader for the team and he's got an extraordinarily bright future ahead of him, no matter what he chooses to do. On the offensive side of the ball, the injury that everybody wanted to hear about that James Franklin tiptoed around. Remember, James Franklin uh, notoriously does not give out injury information, A, for the privacy of his players' health, and B, to not give a competitive advantage to other teams. So I understand that. It's just frustrating for us as fans because you want to know. Everything you and I have heard in regards to Sean Clifford has been that the the rumor is that he has some rib damage, broken ribs, cracked ribs. It's uncertain, but 
the rumor that continues to go around is that he could be good to go for Illinois. However, the likelihood of him playing against Illinois is slim. Kind of what you and I talked about on episode 10 of this podcast is that hey, if he doesn't have to play, why play him? So the speculation by many is that he will be available and he will play at Ohio State. What is your thought hearing these rumors that are out there? I don't care if we know. I really don't. Right. I mean, obviously, you hope it it's not an injury where he's going to miss the rest of the season. As a fan, it's been fantastic to watch him play because he's done some really great things on the football field. Clearly, his team needs him. But I don't care, you know, if they tell us if he's playing. I don't care if they tell us what the injury is. I don't need to know. You know who needs to know? The team. And Taquan Roberson needs to know, Tom. And my response to this right now, as if you're James Franklin, if you're Mike Yurchich, if you're Penn State, you're part of a Penn State football program, is you need to move forward. Because there comes a time when you need to realize, okay, he's not ready. He's not playing. He's in or he's out. That's it. Right, you can't be half and you can't be half out, Tom. If Roberson is gonna play, he needs to know now. He needs to know if he's the guy, right? You don't have a former starting quarterback as a backup. You don't have somebody that has experience that has played before. You you have a guy who doesn't even know who he is as a college quarterback yet. You can't wait. There's a mental aspect to this that is so crucial. Uh, the team needs to know who the guy is so they can prepare. It eliminates the little locker room conversations of, hey, is Sean playing? How hurt is Sean? Do we know yet? Well, is Taquan our guy? Is Taquan starting this week? It stops the divide in your football team right now. It forces you to move on and prepare. Injuries are bad, but it's part of the game, right? That's why you recruit right. big-time players. Well, I want right? to ask, ask you about this, and not to take you off uh, topic, but when you were – playing quarterback this was before you really got your true opportunity as a starter there was a quote-unquote competition between yourself and Rob Bolden what was it like experiencing the kind of indecision there within it, the locker room how did you experience it it, it was awful it, it was awful dude because I, you didn't know who was going to start right they never really told us I never got a clear answer like there was times I asked like uh who's who's the starting quarterback this week Right, that should never happen hmm. at a major Division One program. And I mentioned the conversations that teammates have, and that happens, man. Hey, you know, hey, maybe you should be starting this week. Hey, maybe you know somebody else should be starting this week, right? Do you know who's going to be playing the first quarter? Who's going to be playing the second quarter? Right? Those right, conversations right. happen, Tom. That's not healthy. That's not good for a football team. Hmm. And like for me, like I, I was always thinking of it. Right? Am I starting this week? When are they going to put me into the game? Mm -hmm. Right. It just you're thinking about so much as a quarterback. Right. What defenses are doing. I'm trying to prepare for certain situations in a game. I'm trying to understand what my coordinator wants out of me, what the plays are this week. Are we working new plays? I'm trying to get better at this. The last thing I need to be thinking about is if I'm actually playing on Saturday. Hmm. Right. And for Taquan Roberson, a guy who could yeah. potentially be making his first start, give him enough time to prepare mentally. For him right now, the mental portion of it is so much more important than, than than the physical aspect of playing the game. And this Penn State coaching staff, this is a smart group. Let's give them credit. Your hope is that the day after or the days after the Iowa game, 
somebody pulled him aside, whether it was Franklin or your situation was like, hey, man, you're starting against Illinois. And it's like you keep it in house. You go full New England Patriots, Bill Belichick, and it's yeah. everything yeah. stays in house. And Franklin says what he has to say to the media in terms of he wouldn't really disclose the nature of uh, Sean Clifford's injury, just kind of that it's not a season ending injury. But hopefully behind closed doors to what you just said, that's exactly what you told Roberson. Well, here it is, too. It eliminates any type of lack of communication there may be, Tom. And what I mean by that is, like, let's say, you know, one of the offensive linemen thinks versus this pressure, he knows Sean is going to make the right call or change protections. Taquan Roberson may not do that. Mm-hmm. Right. So you can't if an offensive lineman, you can't think to yourself, well, you know, Sean might be playing. So I know he's going to make that call. So, uh, you know, I'm not even going to worry about it right now. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean by that? Oh, like, gosh, it's just, I mean, how many times do you hear offensive linemen at the NFL level talk about, you know, uh, you know, it seems obvious, but it's like blocking for a running quarterback is absolutely unpredictable because you drop different. back to pass. Yes. You have no idea where he is. Whereas if the guy's a statue, say he's, you know, Joe Flacco, it's like, oh, I know exactly where he's going to be. So you have that in the back of your head as you're in pass protection. But that might be the issue for a lot of the offensive linemen. Oh, by the way, this offensive line is not exactly performed great this season that's what it needs to be right now it needs to be hey if if this is the case and again we don't know all we can do is sit here and speculate right but mm-hmm. if taekwon roberson's the guy everybody needs to know it right this is the game plan with taekwon this is what we're doing let's move forward and let's take care of business against illinois it is what it is right now mm-hmm. yeah we're all behind taekwon roberson i think in terms of the jury is still out but penn state fans are rooting for taekwon and hopefully two weeks to prepare for an inferior opponent. We'll get to some of Illinois' struggles in a little bit here on the show, but this lines up nicely for a very young, inexperienced quarterback, so we'll see how that goes. Also, in terms of news from the bye week, a lot of really good sound bites for whenever the next time that Penn State and Iowa play each other. Could that be the Big Ten title game, or are we going to have to wait some years? We'll find out. Iowa head coach Kirk Ferentz, when asked about the Iowa fans booing injured Penn State players, Penn State players who were down. There is uh, speculation whether or not those Penn State players were feigning injury to slow down the clock. Iowa's uh, head coach said, quote, our fans smelled a rat. Then, obviously, uh, James Franklin responded in a very strong way, advising people to take off their fan hat and saying, why in the world will we try and slow down the clock against, uh, slow down the pace against a huddle team? That's something you do against a tempo team who likes to move extraordinarily fast. That is not Iowa. What did you think about the discourse between Ference and Franklin? I mean, again, that's another situation town where you're never going to know. So, I mean, for me, you know, you, you hope that you, you hope like you kind of look at both sides. At least that's what I did. You hope guys aren't faking injuries. Right. That's just, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think that's the right thing to do. And also you hope fans aren't booing players who actually are injured. Clearly, there were real injuries on that field on Saturday afternoon. So, I mean, it's it's tough, man. It's kind of hard to look at that and you know penalize a team for it or you you just you don't know what is you don't know what is actually going on i mean at this point for penn state and for iowa to continue to talk about it the game's over man move on yeah i mean as i mentioned it's gonna make for some really nice material if these two teams meet up in indianapolis this year for the big 10 title game which is still on the board uh at the same time i think I think the next time they play each other is 2023, if I if I have that correct. I'm not 
Don't quote. They should play every uh, year. They should play every year. How do they not play? Oh, every I year? love that. Yeah. I think I think it's become such a great rivalry, even before yeah. this past weekend, the weekend prior. Excuse me. That why not? That's that's my opinion. But um, I so, never. Yeah, here's the thing, uh, too. Here's like the here's my here's the thing too. At that time, like yo, obviously injuries are such a massive you know thing in today's game. But it's like as a player, I never wanted to come off the field. Sure. Like if there's like yeah. a, I feel like it's a pride thing too. Like if you're getting you know, beat up offensively or defensively, you want to stand up and try to make a stop. You don't want to fake an injury to try to slow momentum or do anything like that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that that was always in my mind. It's like I never, you know, whether my legs bothering me or your arm or you just took a big hit or something like that, you never want to come off the field because you've all, I, I was always fearful of losing my job mm-hmm. too. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's... No, and let's not forget about some of the other injuries that are are being monitored, but we expect these guys to get back healthy at this point in the season. Jonathan Sutherland, mm-hmm. love it at running back, was somebody who Penn State fans were really starting to get behind and could see the potential for him. So we're, we're keeping an eye on that. Arnold Ebiketti was in and out of the game and arguably the best defensive player that Penn State has. And Jaquan Brisker just keeps getting knocked down and gets back up. And to your point, a lot of pride in, in many of those players. So uh, we hope those guys are okay. Not forgetting about those, but Clifford and Mustafa, obviously the two big ones. So that was the news from the bye week, especially out of the press conference that James Franklin held. And then we got into this weekend, obviously Penn State and their opponent this weekend, Illinois, both had buys. So it was just kind of sitting back and seeing what kind of turmoil would go down in college football. Um, Iowa, who was put at number two, and granted, beat Penn State at home in a big-time game. Number three took out number four, and the way that Alabama had fallen and the shakiness around Oklahoma, they had gotten up to number two. So good for the Hawkeyes. They then lay an egg, and that's even putting it mildly, at home against the unranked Purdue Boilermakers, who use three quarterbacks, which is an amazing thing to see from head coach uh, Brian Brom. Like, I can't believe they pull that stuff off. It's spectacular. And all the things that you and I had talked about on this show in terms of what Iowa is were exposed. If you don't turn the ball over, this offense is circa from when my dad was a kid. It's like, it's unbelievable. So what did you think about seeing Purdue blow out the number two team in the country, by the way, at Kinnick? Can you imagine if Purdue was able to put it together every single week on, under oh, Jeff Brom? I know. And, and there's plenty of teams in the Big Ten like that. I mean, under Jeff Brom, they've had some massive wins, man. Jeff like, Brom, thank you. Yeah, at times, like they've just looked very good. But we talked about that. We talked about this in the lead-up to the Penn State game, right? If Iowa can't get turnovers, they can't win football games. They're not mm-hmm. built to play behind. Purdue looked fantastic offensively. They were great in pass pro all day, too. David Bell is a fantastic player. He's, great. He's just, just watching with the ball in his hands, watching him run. I mean, at times, it was like it looked like an NFL wideout out there, which he's going to be, but it just mm-hmm. looked like he was an experienced vet doing whatever he wanted at the wide receiver spot. Aiden O'Connell was throwing the ball with accuracy, very decisive. He was playing like an All-American. You know, that that was kind of, looking back on it now, the way Iowa's zone is set up, that's probably one of the worst teams that they could have played was mm-hmm. Purdue. You know, Purdue lives and dies by, you know, the, the big pass play. You know, they're, they're going to throw the football. I think they threw it 45 times against Iowa. 
But, the, but yeah. that was something that, and, and again, to go back to the Penn State game, you and I both talked about it, and it was evident in the first quarter and a half of play when Sean Clifford was in there. Penn State versus zone coverage is money. Yeah. And Sean Clifford was having a field day mm-hmm. and to the point about 45 attempts for uh, Purdue. Well, Sean Clifford had 25 attempts in a quarter and a half, probably would have topped 50 at that yeah. point. And very good chance Penn State could have hung 30 points and won the game against Iowa. So uh, they they are exactly what we thought they were. Well, when when you're playing his own coverage like that, you're trying to rush four guys. Like if you can't get pressure, you're giving your quarterback three seconds, three and a half seconds to throw the football. And any decent to good college football quarterback is going to be able to recognize simple coverage and figure out where to go with the football. Right? We saw it from Aiden O'Connell. We saw it from mm-hmm. Sean Clifford when he was playing against Iowa. But it's kind of like you were waiting for it. Iowa certainly beat the teams that they had to beat, mm-hmm. but this has to be a huge letdown in Iowa City. Oh, my man. gosh. Well, I mean, considering there were plenty of people who were talking about this team mm-hmm. making it to the college football playoff, or um, I saw some people lobbying for them to be number one, and I was like, okay, let's pump the brakes. So Iowa loses 24-7 to mm-hmm. at home to Purdue, and the score really wasn't even indicative of how dominant the Boilermakers were. So credit to Purdue. Uh, They've got a lot of positivity ahead of them this season. So because of Iowa's loss, here are the updated rankings. Georgia remains at number one, dispatching Will Levis and Kentucky. Cincinnati jumps to number two. Uh, This is the the AP poll, by the way, just for those of you playing home. Oklahoma goes to number three. Alabama's back in the top four. Is anybody shocked? No, they're at six and one. Number five is Ohio State, which is the number one ranked total offense in America. Granted, they played a lot of cupcakes, but they are starting to look like Ohio State again. Number six is Michigan. Penn State did not move, remained at seven. Number eight, Oklahoma State took care of business against Texas. Michigan State, number nine. And number 10 is Oregon, uh, leading everything for the Pac-12. That Michigan State team looks like they're going to be a real problem. And and Mel Tucker is probably at least going to win Big Ten Coach of the Year, if not uh, Coach of the Year in all of FBS. Um, So Iowa actually dropped to number 11 which I found to be generous considering we saw what they are. So what do you think now of the movement with Iowa, but just the overall top 10? I don't think Michigan State holds on. I I really don't. I give Mel Tucker a ton of credit. I I think what he's done in such a short time has been fantastic. And we've talked about that before, how you know the, the word patience just didn't exist with Michigan State football or Mel Tucker, right? He's got that win now mentality and they've done a fantastic job of it this year. But their weaknesses have been hidden by their ability to create turnovers, similar to Iowa, right? Michigan State's defense has a ton of holes in it, right? Especially that zone coverage. They're one of the worst against the pass in the Big Ten, right? Their defense struggles on third down. Now they're good in the red zone. They're good at holding teams. But again, if they can't create turnovers, they struggle, right? They struggled with Indiana. Indiana, again, Indiana's a good football team, but they were able to get two turnovers on Saturday against Indiana. And, you know, they have a bye this week, then they have Michigan, right? They still have to play Ohio State. They still have to play Penn State. They still have to play Purdue. So they have their work cut out for them. They do. But again, I'm not taking anything away from Mel Tucker. The job he's done has been great. But nine, I think it's a little high. I, I don't think they, it's like undefeated yeah. team. They're undefeated football team, right? Mm-hmm. So they deserve to be there. I think it's a little high. I just, I don't think they hang on moving forward. 
Yeah, and to your point, after that, there's a there's a bit of a drop off. Now you've got, as I mentioned, Iowa's at eleven, Ole Miss is at twelve. I think uh, that's a team that's still going to be a force to be reckoned with. Oh, yeah. Notre Dame is still a gigantic brand that the college football playoff will love to get behind. They're at thirteenth right now, five and one, and then it starts to get trickier in terms of Coastal Carolina six and zero, Kentucky at fifteen, Wake Forest at sixteen, seventeen, Texas A and M, so on and so forth. I won't bore you with all the details, but after you know, 12 and 13, that's where the arguments really stop. So uh, Penn State, I was actually kind of curious to see if they would jump a spot, um, which is great when you have a bye week and you don't have to do anything and you move up. But seven is exactly where you were and you sit tight. So uh, that feels pretty good. We're going to dive into their next game versus Illinois here in a moment. But before that, we want to take this opportunity to let you know that all of us involved in the Pater podcast are proud supporters of Thon also known as the Penn State Dance Marathon. THON is a year-long effort dedicated to raising funds and awareness for its sole beneficiary, Four Diamonds at Penn State Health Children's Hospital. THON is the largest student-run philanthropy in the world, committed to enhancing the lives of children and families impacted by childhood cancer. Four Diamonds picks up where insurance leaves off to relieve financial stress and provide emotional support so that no family ever has to see a medical bill. Since 1973, THON has raised over $190 million in the fight against childhood cancer. To learn more about THON or to donate, visit THON.org. That's T-H-O-N dot O-R-G. It's all for the kids. Make a difference in the life of a child today. And on another personal note, we want to take this opportunity to put a spotlight on mental health with a new initiative called Tag Me In. Tag Me In is simply asking for people to tag in on the conversation and help strip away the stigma around mental health. Whether you're looking to lend support, you want to talk, you want to share, maybe you need some help. We invite you to join in on the conversation. We encourage you to make a video if you'd like, post it on your social media channels, and use hashtag tag me in and hashtag tag me in United. At the very least, we want to hear from you. Tag Me In United is a proud partner and supporter of the National Alliance on Mental Illness, also known as NAMI. If you'd like to show your support, you can purchase a Tag Me In t-shirt right now at prowrestlingtees.com slash tagmeinunited, and the proceeds will be gifted to NAMI on October 30th. The link to this is provided in the description of this podcast. You are not alone. Tag Me In. Visit tagmeinunited.com to learn more. Just a quick note on Tag Me In United. As uh, some of our listeners may remember, I spent some time in WWE uh, about nine years. So I have a great relationship with so many people in the professional wrestling world. I was ecstatic to see the Tag Me In United initiative begin with so many big and small and people from all over the world uh, really wanting to get involved with this. People who are fans of professional wrestling, people who work in the professional wrestling world, but this is not just for people who are interested in pro wrestling. This is certainly for anybody who's looking to be involved in the conversation on mental health. And Matt, it's something you and I talk about consistently, whether it's for sports or just your everyday life. So I'm really excited that we can talk about them a little bit here on the show but let's get back to the subject of football and we've got football once again thankfully i'm very excited because it's always a really dull weekend when penn state doesn't play and i just have to tolerate the eagles uh <laughs> so this saturday october 23rd at noon on abc penn state hosts 
Illinois. Illinois comes into this game two and five. They are six in the Big Ten and Penn State, uh, Big Ten West, that is. And then Penn State, obviously, five and one, currently standing at fourth in the Big Ten East. What is your just overall take on the fighting Illini this far into the season? Well, when you look at them, they're it's there's there's no easy way to kind of say this but it's just they're the worst offense in the big 10 right now right they're about as bad as you can be you know and i think you know a positive for them would be you know their running backs chase brown and, and josh mccray they probably have been the only bright spot for them um their offensive line is struggling in pass pro they're rotating two quarterbacks art Sikowski and brandon peters both guys have played a lot of football they just can't seem to put it together when you look at them defensively, though, Tom, right, they haven't played terrible football defensively in the middle to kind of the lower pack of the Big Ten, I'd say. But they, again, they've had no help from that offense. So I, I think they're better than some of the stats may say. Um, they've done a good job of creating turnovers. This guy by the name of Kirby Joseph covers ground really well at the safety spot. He picked off Graham Mertz last week. And, and again, I understand Mertz has been struggling. Uh, a little this year for Wisconsin, but this kid's got a takeaway in the past five games. Devin Witherspoon has returned for Illinois, which is big for the secondary, but I'm pulling some of these things out mentioning some of these guys in their secondary because we saw some of the struggles from Taquan against Iowa. And Mm -hmm. these guys, these secondary players for Illinois, they're good football players, right? And this team could have two or three more wins. They've lost some close games, one by four, to the team that just beat the number two team in the country on the road, right? You know, uh, but the thing about Illinois, Tom, is they're vulnerable in the run game, right? Other than maybe Northwestern, this is the perfect game for Penn State to not have your starting quarterback. And it's because there's a big chance to have explosive runs in the run game from your running backs and from your your, your quarterback, Taquan Roberson. A lot of things for Penn State to work on mm-hmm. before visiting the shoe and playing Ohio State. So uh, that is a positive. Illinois, thus far in the season, they opened up with a win against Nebraska. Uh, The Cornhuskers have proven to be a tougher team than most people expected. Scott Frost does seem to have them on track to being something good in a number of years if they're going to be patient with him. They're going to lose games, but they're still going to fight every way. They lost to UT San Antonio 37 to 30. They lost at Virginia 42 to 14. Lost versus Maryland uh, by three points. Lost at Purdue 13 to nine, which you kind of look at that in a little bit of a different way, considering Purdue did what they did to Iowa. Illinois defeated the University of Charlotte 24 to 14 and then lost before the bye week to Wisconsin by a score of 24 to nothing. The one problem, and you touched on it a little bit, is who's playing quarterback? And Brett Bielema, uh, the head coach formerly of the Wisconsin Badgers and then the Arkansas Razorbacks now uh, in his first season at Illinois, uh, he spoke on this this past Tuesday, and he said in terms of the quarterback situation between Peters and Sitkowski, he said, quote, it's kind of to be determined. The reason uh, we put Peters back in as the starter after his early season injury is obviously for us as coaches to make the decision of what gave us the best chance to have success that game that weekend. Obviously, Sitkowski came in and did some good things, but when we get to the decision of who we're going to play or who we're going to start against Penn State, we probably won't make that decision until we get closer to Tuesday preparation. So obviously we're recording this on Sunday. This show airs on Monday. So tomorrow, hopefully you get the answer to that. But here's the flat question. Does it really matter if it's Peters or Sitkowski that plays quarterback this Saturday? It shouldn't. 
you know, it, it shouldn't matter. And again, we're not we're not sitting here picking on both guys. Both have played a lot of football, you know, in the Big Ten. Both have done some good things at times, but you know, as a team, they're just not there. You take a look at that Wisconsin game; it was just constant pressure in in, in Brandon Peters's face and in, in Art Sikowski's face. There's clearly some some issues with this offensive line. So we were just talking about this defensive line for Penn State. This could be a, a game time where. As you mentioned, you could work on things, but also you can gain some confidence, man. You know, Beast. exactly, exactly. And it should be one of those games, right? Just domination defensively from start to finish. And considering uh, the issues that you mentioned Illinois has had uh, on offense, they are 122nd in passing offense. They are 107th on defense in terms of passing yards allowed. Uh, Despite, as you mentioned, they do have some decent pieces in the secondary. They just haven't been able to really put it all together. On offense, Illinois' rushing attack is ranked 65th. Illinois gives up on defense six yards per play, which is in the bottom fourth of the country. And then if it's the offensive uh, side again, uh, Illinois is 119th in total offense. So uh, they're going to lean on the running game again. I'm curious to see who does step up. You talked about the defensive guys really being able to go after the quarterback or go after whoever the ball carrier is. Do you see any problems potentially that, you know, hey, Mustafer's not there? Is this kind of like, hey, what are we doing? Or do you really expect a big performance from the defensive line? I expect a massive performance from the defensive line and the defense. And I think this is one of those weeks, Tom, where you figure out what your rotation can be. You, you, can, you can play with a few different ideas here this week, a few different rotations and see what works best for you where certain guys work. We move this guy into, you know, the nose tackle spot. Does he have to play the three technique? Maybe we move him outside a little bit. I think you can change up your looks a little bit. You know, once you get a feel for the way this game is going, once you get up a few mm-hmm. points, right? See who's making an impact for you. See who's stepping up. See who's delivering for you. But they should be able to rely heavily on this defense. And let's remember what Brett Bielema's system has always been is to run the ball effectively and play good defense. There does seem to be a good plan in place in terms of they have about five different backs that they can use at any given time. But you talked about uh, the top two guys, uh, Brown, of course, being the bell cow. But they got a lot of guys that they can rotate in there, which is good. Okay, so let's say (laughs) your offensive coordinator, Mike Yurcich, and you've been spending two weeks crafting a game plan for Taquan Roberson and the offense. Blue sky, Matt McGloin. What does that offensive game plan look like for the young quarterback? Well, I can tell by your reaction, you've just been waiting to get to that point. Like, you just wanted to brush right over what Penn State's de- defense needs to do. <laughs> we'll get back to it, but I'm, I'm curious. They need to manage the game. If they can do that, they should have no problem again getting by Illinois. Taquan Roberson just needs to find completions, right? He can be able to use his legs at times as well, which we saw him do a few times against Iowa. I want to see quick game, boots, rollouts, sprintouts, whatever you want to call it. Let this kid get the ball out of his hands. Sometimes in a game time as a quarterback, like you want maybe three to five no-thinking plays. Just plays where I can get up to the line of scrimmage and just pick it up, throw it out, right? There's one. Give Roberson seven to ten of those, right? Don't put too much on his plate. Don't force him to constantly be thinking out there and constantly thinking, you know, all right, what's coverage? What am I doing? What's, you know, 
might have to change the protection here. What's going on here? Just help him out as much as you can in that sense. Keep the clock running, right? Don't test those guys I was just talking about in the secondary. Taekwon, I'm not asking for you to be Sean Clifford. You don't need to go out there and throw for 340 and three touchdowns. All you need to do is show me that you can lead and that you can operate this offense at a high level. I don't need you to win the game for me, right? Let these guys around help you out. Let them help you do that. Again, rely on that defense when necessary. Whatever you do, don't give this Illinois team a reason to feel like they should upset you, right? You've had a bye week. There should be no potential for a hangover game from that Iowa game. In terms of play calling, how many passes, you know, how many attempts are you really comfortable with Roberson putting up? If they throw the football 20 times, I think that'd be great. I, I really do. And judging by what we saw, I talked about it, this is the perfect game for Penn State right now in the situation that they're in, a team that is not very good against the run. I think you need to put up 40 to 45 runs, right? Just go run the clock, run it, just sustain drives with the run. Let Taquan run it eight to 12 times. But if he can be somewhere, you know, 13 or 14 for 20, something along those lines, not turn the football over, I think that's a solid day for him. Yeah, considering it was in the neighborhood of 40% uh, completion percentage against Iowa, that would be, that would be amazing. That would be <laughs> yeah. really good. What kind of pressure do you think the kid is under? Like, do you think it's been two weeks of, okay, like settling into this? You know, it's a home game, which is great. There's a lot of things that are working in his favor, but I mean, you've been in that situation. Just how nervous there, must this kid be? There's enough pressure to play well, right? You put enough pressure on yourself to go out there and play well because you know the work you've put into it, right? You expect yourself to go out there and play well and win the football game. There's added pressure now, Tom, because of the situation Penn State is as a team, a top 10 ranked team who still has a chance. Right. And now it's Taquan Roberson's job to get them through this right now and to lead them until their starting quarterback can come back. It's definitely a difficult situation to be in, you know, and I'm assuming to be able to play the quarterback position, you have to have all the confidence in the world. I'm assuming this kid has it or he would not be in this position right now. Yeah. Considering the, ramifications for the season you know you you do not want to fall into a situation like Iowa did losing to an unranked team right. at home right. and granted I genuinely do not see this game going this way I, I know you wanted to touch on it but in terms of the Penn State defense against the Illinois offense this just feels like a mismatch at every level whether it's Penn State's uh, defense against the Illinois offense or vice versa it just feels very lopsided. Oh, no, it is. It is. And, and again, the Penn State's defense shouldn't have any issues with this Illinois offense. And, you know, as much as we can talk about what the defense can do to stop the Illinois offense, be able to stop the collection of running backs that Illinois has, what does Penn State need to do in the run game? You know, how can they create more big plays for the tight ends or for, for Jahan or Parker Washington? Let's be honest. It's on Taquan Roberson this week, right? In terms of the running game, and we'll see if Lovett is available uh, for Illinois, but this should be a really big opportunity for Kevon Lee and Noah Kane. Those two should be chomping at the bit to get out there. And then on top of that, your your hope is that Yursich and the offensive line 
are coming at this like we are going to throw some people around because they haven't done that all season. Now, granted, it's still a Big Ten defense, and those guys get scholarships too, but Illinois doesn't put up nearly the level of talent that you've seen thus far this season. The offensive line's got to use this as a chance to get it together because you don't know what Ohio State's going to glean from this win uh, to the point that you were just making. This offense is going to look entirely different from what we've seen from Sean Clifford over his you know two and a half years as starter. Yeah, and it should. And, and you have to, like going into this game right now, you have to expect that Illinois is going to throw everything but the kitchen sink at you. You have to, because they feel like this is a game they can steal, right? I mean, what a way to change your season. What a way to have a massive, impactful win in year one under Brett Belima, a guy who's had a ton of experience, won a lot of games at the Big Ten, certainly knows how to prepare. I mean, if it, if it were me and I was in that Illinois locker room right now, I'd be talking about how close we've been in games this year, right? How we just need to take that next step. And this is a game right here, a team that has a new quarterback coming in. This is a game that we can go in and we can definitely get. I expect Illinois to be confident. I do. But again, this is the week we find out who Taquan Roberson is as a quarterback. These are the weeks where, you know, people can get bent out of shape about it, but James Franklin harping on, you know, the one and O mentality. Boy, is that true this week? Mm-hmm. It's just, hey, this is the game plan, and and I've said it throughout this, uh, you know, the the life of this podcast is that this team's going to find a different way to win every single week. This week, if they beat Illinois, it's going to look really different than everything you've seen, and that's okay because you know you go into Ohio State the next week, and then we talked about the remainder of the schedule of uh, Michigan and Michigan State, not to mention uh, Maryland and Rutgers on the schedule. It's like, it's okay that you put something completely different out there that's going to mess up their tape study. But like, this is just one of those ones where it's like, yep, let's get through this week. Well, Next it, week, let's get through this week. We can't look ahead. Here's the thing too, you know, we're talking a lot about James Franklin and, and his bi-week press conference. This, it's not on him this week. This is on Mike Yurchich. To prepare this kid to play, this is on Mike Yurchich. It really is because, you know, if he goes out and he plays the way he did against Iowa, which again, I know, I understand it was a tough moment to go into. It was the first time we saw him play, but he's had two weeks now to get ready and prepare for this game. You've had two weeks now to build a game plan around Taquan Roberson. If he doesn't go out there and perform well and he doesn't go out there and play well and it's plays similar to what we saw against Iowa, that's on Mike Yurchich. We're going to find out. This Saturday, the 23rd at noon on ABC, number seven Penn State hosts Illinois back into the Big Ten schedule that's remaining. I'm really excited to see how this goes, and obviously there's still some things that are mm-hmm. going to develop during the week. Uh, hopefully there's more information that continues to trickle out about Sean Clifford's status, and hopefully that's looking good for the game against Ohio State. We'll see who Illinois decides to go with at quarterback, so a lot of questions, but there's confidence, certainly, going into this weekend. I think I speak for all Penn State fans. Take Juan Roberson, get your rest, stay healthy, stay calm, yeah. <laughs> stay confident, because uh, we're all behind you this weekend, and you know, I, you can speak this better than me. Having 105,000 people behind you, that's got to feel nice. That's all the support you need, right? And again, look, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, finishing on this, again, it's a, certainly a tough situation for him to be in. But, you know, as we talked about a little bit earlier, he would not be in this position right now if he wasn't confident, if he didn't believe in himself or believe in his abilities, or even if the team didn't believe in him, right? This kid's there for a reason. No doubt he's got all the talent in the world and the ability to get the job done. Just has to go out there and do it. For sure. We'll find out this Saturday. Uh, Thank you all for joining us. Uh, We want to remind you to like, comment, subscribe, turn on notifications. You guys continue to be 
fantastic audience. So thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll see you next week for another edition of Pater. Oh, Pater! Pater! Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.